I'm Bill Finn. You may remember me from other popular podcasts like This American Lice, Daycare Disasters, and The Crafty Brewtown Strangler, The Limited Edition Killer. Take it from me, a good podcast is like a fine wine, perfect for binging. It's season three of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. That is, if you are, I'm assuming you're already a listener, I guess, when I say welcome back. If you're not a listener, and this is the first uh, episode for you, thank you for listening to the episodes. I guess if you want to go back and start all over again, and then come back to this one after you caught up, that'll be about two days worth of material. And so uh, go ahead and turn off the podcast right now. Go back to season one, episode one. Uh, you don't need to listen to all the podcasts to have this one make any sense for you. Uh, there's not like a story arc going on here for three years, but go ahead and go back and listen to season one, episode one, if you want to. Otherwise, welcome to season three. We're at the end of season three, and we're going to talk about something here that is kind of the topic of 2020. And honestly, we've done it a couple, three times here already, and I'm kind of getting sick of it. Uh, and the topic is the coronavirus, and that is the story of the year. Now, we did an episode kind of mid-year when I knew somebody that had coronavirus back in March or April when it was novel, not only the virus, but the story. And I thought, hey, it'd be kind of fun to have that guy on and talk about his uh, experience with coronavirus. And uh, that was Monty Kirk. And if you want to listen to that one, you can go back and listen to that one. It's kind of mid-season three. And then we thought we'd take a little bit of a comic turn on the coronavirus when we did one with Chris Bowens a little couple of weeks later. He did have the coronavirus as well. And we did kind of a skit where we pretended that he was the first coronavirus patient that came over from China and spread it to uh, the rest of us here in America. I don't know if that's funny. I don't know, but we thought it was. And it, it turned out all right. And then we had another one with Tim Oakland. That was more of kind of a news thing where we actually talked about the virus and we talked about our attitudes towards it and uh, what should be done about things. And kind of a rare one for us where we actually had a serious conversation about something in the news. And so we thought the topic was all done. In fact, I was kind of done with it. It really doesn't lend itself well to a humor podcast, I don't think. But then my co-host, Jim Martin, who is tonight's guest, came down with the coronavirus, him and his wife, and I think his family as well, and so we thought we'll do it one more time. So I want to welcome my co-host, Jim Martin, to his own podcast. Welcome, Jim. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Chris, thank you for that wonderful introduction. That was fantastic. Yeah, just be yourself, all right? Oh, okay, okay. I'm a little nervous. It's all right. Okay. Just, we'll see where it goes, all right? Okay, sure, sure. Did you want me to prepare beforehand? I hope not. I didn't do anything, so I hope, I hope that's okay. No, no, no. I, I'll get you the edited copy uh, before uh -huh. it goes out. Right, and right. So you can give me the thumbs up whether you're ready to release it or not. Okay, that sounds fair. But again, we're doing it again, another coronavirus podcast. Maybe yes. we'll uh, not do this again going forward here in, <laughs> in 2021. Let's hope we don't do one talking about my coronavirus because right. any of us could get it. And in my job, I'm in the position where I could get it, I guess. So we talked uh, with Tim Oakland during the podcast that we did with him about the coronavirus, and you of the three of us was the most cautious in getting out there 
and yeah. exposing yourself potentially. Right. And uh, you guys were really wrapped down tight until when? Not until when. I mean, we, we still are. <clears throat> you know this, but our listeners don't know. Uh, Harper's a teacher and their school is open and the kids are at school. We honestly, we don't know where she got it from. I'm kind of assuming it's the school because that's the only place that she goes. She and uh, one other person in her classroom tested positive and um, they had to shut down the classroom, of course. And then, uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of almost all we know. We don't know because like you said, we were, we were locked down. I mean, I would go to the grocery store once in a while. Um, Harper would go to the store once in a while, but you know, always wearing our masks and basically staying inside. We never went to like bars or restaurants or movies or anything. We haven't done anything, you know, and, and, uh, and then here, here it is like, lo and behold, Harper wasn't feeling good one day. And she's like, ah, maybe I should get a test. And the same day she got her test, her coworker came back and said, yeah, I got it too. And I had one the next day and I came back positive and, and then, uh, yeah. Um, so the, uh, the test, you had that thing where they stick the thing way down your nose the no i i had the rapid test and that rapid test is like a long q-tip that you just basically go up kind of like on the side of your nose you don't have to go all the way to the back and you just swirl it around in both sides of your nose and then you give it to them and it's really not a big deal and we're telling the kid you know we said okay kids you got to get tested and we're telling them like and it was hard it was hard to get the kids tested like it should be so much easier to to go and get a test that that comes back relatively quickly because anyway we can get into that later but but anyway, we were telling the kids, like, it's not a big deal. It just kind of tickles. And then we get into the, into the plays and we did it at Freighter. And they're like, okay, well, we do two things. First of all, we put way up your nose. That's the one that you were talking about. They stick it way up your nose and like it goes in your brain practically and, and uh, it doesn't. But they did that. And then they go with one in your throat. They take this giant, again, giant Q-tip, but it's kind of like a strep test, except it seems to take about 30 seconds back in the throat instead of like five. And the kids are both like, <laughs> and <laughs> eyes are watering and everything. They were all mad at us because we told them like, it's no big deal, but it was completely different than the test, than the test that we had. So we generally only see each other through Zoom now. Every now and then we see each other in the driveway or something like that. Yep. But I was concerned that you had the coronavirus because they say the first thing that happens is you lose your sense of taste and the clothes you've been wearing, I tell you, they've been out of style for a long time. Right. Yeah, I kind of saw this coming. Right. It should have been, it really should have been clue number one. All of a sudden I started breaking out all my 80s clothes, popping my collar up. You know, it was a little yeah. weird. So the uh, the kids, they tested positive as well? or They, they did, yeah. This was how long ago? Today, this right is, now, is November 12th. Right. This was the day before Halloween. So this is, uh, what, day 13 for me. Almost two weeks. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. So, yeah. You were feeling bad when you got diagnosed already or? Um, yeah. Like I said, Harper was feeling kind of bad that, that week. <clears throat> had kind of like a, she just thought it was like a little sinus congestion, sinus infection kind of thing. We found out that her coworker had tested positive that day. And so we thought, well, she's probably got it then. So then we kind of separated rooms. But then that night I had like a fever and a headache. So the next couple of days I was feeling pretty crappy. What was the worst day for you? Well, that, that weekend. So Friday had the fever. I was okay as long as I had some kind of pain medicine, medicine in me. You know, if I, I just took Tylenol and ibuprofen. I kind of alternated. And I didn't take like any super dose or anything like that. So, uh, you didn't take a, the, the Trump cocktail? No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't have anything like that. I was just... Just the, like I said, the Trump, or the Trump, the, the, <laughs> you got Trump on my mind, the Tylenol, the ibuprofen, 
And as long as I was on that, that was fine. But as soon as it started to wear off, then I started feeling like garbage. And Saturday night, I had a really bad, like, sweats. You know, I, think, I think my fever broke that night. And I woke up on Sunday, and I felt no headache, no fever, just a little achy. So, but that was, so that was the worst. That was the worst, worst day was that Saturday. Now, of the three of us back when we did our coronavirus podcast, you, me, and Tim Oakland, Mm-hmm. Uh, you were the one most concerned about it, most concerned about getting it. Not that me and Tim were cavalier about getting it, but right. we're a little less concerned about the prospect of getting it. So when you got it, what thoughts went through your head? Were you able to keep it together or, you know, or how I, did it affect your psyche? I was able to keep it together. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is a death sentence. I mean, all kinds of things go through your head, you know. Uh, the biggest thing mentally for me was just not knowing how bad it would progress for me. You know, everybody's kind of reacts differently to this thing. So it progressed for me. I had this headache thing like I talked about, and then I, I was feeling okay for a couple of days. And then I started getting congested. And then it went to my, to my, uh, my chest and my, I was coughing and I was very, cons- I, was, I was concerned about it because I, you just don't know how far that's going to go. You know, I knew it had the potential to go all the way to pneumonia and worse, you know? So, so that was probably the worst part was just this mental game of not knowing, not knowing how far it's going to go uh, and knowing what, what's possible or what, what has happened to people out there. Um, but in the end, <clears throat> for me, it really turned out to be like a strong cold and now it's kind of gone for the most part. I mean, I have a little bit of a cough, but it's pretty much gone. I did mention the loss of taste there. Did you lose taste? Um, I did for, uh, a couple days, but you know, it was hard to tell. For me, it was hard to tell if it was because I was congested or if it was because I had lost my sense of taste. Definitely for Harper, there was one day where she all of a sudden was like, I, I can't smell anything and my nose is not clogged up. And I waved a bottle of eucalyptus oil underneath her nose and she's like, mm, no, nothing. It was <laughs> like really strong. And so, so that was kind of weird. And the kids have both gone through like a little, a little day or two where they couldn't smell anything, but. I just saw a video on YouTube where a guy that had the virus had the problem of loss of taste. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a video where he was drinking lemon juice and he was <laughs> eating onions raw and he couldn't taste any of it. Wow. Really? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> now your kids are, what are they? Seven and nine or what are they? Uh, eight and 11. Yeah. This is in the news. Everybody's talking about it. Yep. They get it. Mm-hmm. Did they have psychological issues with this? I don't think they had psychological issues. You know, there were a couple of times I've been tested and my daughter, Josephine, was always like, God, I hope you don't get coronavirus. I hope you don't get... And I think Theo, I think he was actually concerned about it. First, he didn't want to get the test because he was afraid of the test, which is, you know, I can kind of understand that. Everybody's talking about how this weird thing goes up your nose and it's kind of weird. Um, but then, he, you know, when he found out he was positive, he was really kind of upset about it. Oh, no, no. He said, and I had to sit him down and say, like, you know, I know with everything going on and this is all you hear about and we're closing schools and, you know, it sounds like people, it sounds like everybody's dying who gets this thing. But really, for somebody your age, probably just going to be like a cold. It's not going to be, you know, I had to explain to him, like, you know, the statistics of the whole thing and that because it does you no good to get all upset about it. It does you actually harm when your when your body's under stress, your immune system doesn't work as well. So I was, that was a big thing for me personally, was just trying to stay away from crazy thoughts and like, just keep yourself out of stress and keep yourself as relaxed as you can, let your body fight it. And there's nothing you can do about what happens. People are saying, I, like when I, t- I talked to my mom and she was like, 
well, you gotta, you gotta watch out because there's, uh, you know, they've talked about long-term effects of this thing. And I was like, what do you mean watch out? Like, what can I do? What can I do? I can't do anything about it, you know? You know, Jim, listen to your mom. Watch out. Right, right. right. Watch out. Be careful. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. There's long-term effects. Like, but okay. (laughs) Your mom called me and told me that you're not watching out. I probably sounded very cavalier to her. So I can understand why the phone call. Yeah. So Josephine kind of took it in stride. She, her, her symptoms came a little later uh, and really it was just a little bit of congestion and she moved on with her life. It was like almost nothing for her. So she wasn't as concerned about it. Psychologically, I would say, you know, Theo had a little bit of an issue, but then when he started feeling better, then he was okay. You know, are you going to, or has it been recommended to you to do any testing down the line to see if there was any damage? Um, I have not had that directly recommended to me, but I have heard, uh, you know, that a lot of people, and this is, you know, this is one in a billion different things you hear about this thing, right? In the news and and different stories and stuff. But I've heard that it can do some heart damage and that it might be a good idea to get an MRI to get your heart looked at just in case um, there's some damage done, especially if you're going to be doing some, you know, strenuous exercising or that kind of thing. Um, Honestly, I think uh, we had such a mild case of it. I'm not not super concerned. Part of me feels like they've analyzed this particular virus so thoroughly that they're fighting all these things. You know, there's all these, you know, again, side effects, long-term effects, this and that. Who's to say we're not, we don't have the same thing with the flu. We just don't right. analyze it. We just don't know these things because we haven't analyzed it th- so thoroughly. So maybe these, these, you know, 20 year old kids are dropping dead, dropping dead on the basketball court once in a while. Maybe they had the flu that damaged their heart. And they didn't know about it because they didn't analyze the things, you know, I, who knows? That's actually a good point. You know, we grew up in a time where people that ended up dying of sleep apnea, mm-hmm. we didn't know it at the time back in the eighties, we'll say. And we thought, ah, it's just their time. You know, the guy mm-hmm. died in his sleep. It was his time. Something happened. Yep. Well, it turned out that was sleep apnea and they were, you know, stopping breathing in the middle of the night and they were dying. Yeah. And so nobody connected snoring with death. Sure. And just like you said, maybe other flus, just the seasonal flu, has effects far beyond what we've thought about because we haven't thought about it. Right, right. Now, speaking of just the flu, where does this rank in terms of flus that you've had in your life? Um, yeah, I, I remember um, probably t- 10 years ago, I got, I got the flu and I was down hard for like three days and my fever was like 103 and I just wanted to kill myself. And from that day on, that was when I decided I, I'm just getting, I'm going to get a flu shot, even if it misses the virus or whatever, like I'm always going to get a flu shot because I never want to go through that again. This was not that this was, um, like I said, the, the hardest day was, was that Saturday from Friday night through through Sunday morning, so that 36 hours or so. And it was all managed by uh, pain medication and, and, you know, fever reducers. It was no big deal. So, I mean, I, I'm really just trying to state the facts for me. I do think this is a very uh, dangerous thing, you know, especially for certain people. We know that for sure. But, but no, I would say it's it's one of the – I don't know how to rank those really. <laughs> so, like, it was the fifth worst flu. No, I don't know. Um, it wasn't that bad. But me. you've had worse. Now, yeah. I think I mentioned this to you before. The last time I had the flu, I was able to think about when it was because of life events going on for me. Mm-hmm. And 
I believe it was during the year of the swine flu. So I, in retrospect, mm. think I had the swine flu. I wonder if the one you're talking about was the swine flu as well. Interesting. Um, 2009, 2010, something like that. You said 10 wow, years yeah, ago. Maybe. So. Could, have been, could have been 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, something like that could have been. At this point, we're coming up on maybe 10 million infections. Mm. And we still got three months to go or four months to go till we get to the full year of this, right? Yep. But I know that the swine flu, after one year, was over 60 million infections in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So We uh, also didn't lock down. We didn't do all this right. other stuff, either masks or any of this stuff. So, I guess the point, the point I'm trying to get across with that is that you know, there's this idea that this version of the flu is crazy contagious. Yeah. And I guess you know, based upon other flus, it's kind of the same you know, or maybe even less than co- the normal contagious. It's just that we know about all the individual infections because we're counting them. Sure, but... Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing with this thing is that it seems to be putting a lot more people in the hospital a lot faster. Uh, at least that's what it seems to be. Right. So, it's it's more deadly than than typical flus, obviously. Yeah. Right. You know, right. By a factor of five or ten or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One thing I'll say. I, I was going to say this earlier about about myself is that for those people who never see me because we don't ever show our faces <laughs> but um i have no underlying health problems i'm not overweight i'm 50 years old so i got all these things going for me i guess you know i hear i, t- I was talking to a couple other people that i know who who have had this thing and uh, and they're a little overweight and and they struggled with it one person said she had this thing mid march or late march when it was first released they didn't even have tests for it at the time and and she said she's still struggling. She's got inhalers and stuff, and she's got um, she's on antibiotics for different things, and it's all sort of like stemmed from that virus, which is crazy. But um, but anyway, I'm I'm in good health. Uh, my family's in good health, you know, and and, and our, we don't have a weight problem. I don't really exercise. To be fair, I don't really exercise at all, so I'm not like in great shape or anything. But you know, in general, I have good health. So, do you? Um have any issues with breathing? <clears throat> Pardon me, I got an issue right here. Do you have any issues with breathing at all now? Is it everything feels normal for you? For the most part, yeah. I mean, there was, I never had the elephant on my chest thing. Um, I had a couple, you know, where it felt like higher pressure in my, in my rib cage, uh, you know, a little bit for a couple of days. And even now, you know, if I take a deep breath, you know, my rib cage feels like, oh, you know what? It feels like maybe I pulled a muscle on my, you know, pectoral muscle or something, you know, it feels kind of like that. Like maybe I, maybe I actually accidentally worked out a little bit, you know, and made my, my muscles sore. That's kind of what it feels like, but no, no trouble breathing. I would not definitely not call this trouble breathing. I can take a deep breath. I've been watching that the whole time really. It's like, can I take a deep breath? And then the other test is how long can you hold it for? Can if you can't hold it for 30 seconds, then the steps down to, um, you know, if you can't hold it more than 10 seconds, then you're, that's one way to gauge how much your, how high your ox- oxygen levels are, I guess. But we also got a, um, when the kids tested positive, the, uh, the hospital gave us a pulse ox, a pulse oximeter. This is the little thing that you put on your finger that tells you right. your oxygen level and your, and your pulse. And so we've all been watching our oxygen levels, making sure they're not dipping down below 92. So no, no breathing problems or anything. No. Your wife and your kids, they're all completely done with this? Um, no, uh, Harper's still got uh, congestion and coughing. She's not doing 
terribly or anything, but she's right. definitely got congestion and, um, and, and still a little cough. But, you know, the thing that we were trying to look at the whole time was every day I would think, okay, am I feeling better or worse than yesterday? You know, and, and when it started getting to the point where every day was a little bit better, a little bit better than, the, you know, then it felt like, okay, things are, things are going okay. But then you would hit a new symptom, you know, like um, the congestion, all of a sudden the congestion, and then the congestion would get worse and worse, and then it would get better and better. But the weird thing for, uh, for Harper, I noticed, was almost kind of like a, like a cycle. She was bad for a few days, and then she started feeling better, and then all of a sudden bad for a couple of days, and then feel better, and then, you know, bad for a couple of days. So, and it kind of goes along with, um, you know, some of the other people that I've known uh, who've had relatives or friends that have had this, and you see their Facebook posts, and they kind of keep you updated with their progress, you know. And one, one in particular, I remember they were saying like, you know, everything, you know, he, he was really hurting and really doing poorly, using the hospital, a ventilator and all that. And then there was a post that said, oh, he's doing great. You know, it looks like everything's going to be fine. And the next day he was dead. So it was like, it was almost this weird, like, oh, you're feeling great. And boom, it comes back and slams you again. And, and ours was kind of a microcosm of that. It wasn't as, as hard of slamming, but it was the same kind of cycle, you know, where you feel okay and it comes back. You feel okay, it comes back. So, so how is it, how do they know when you're done with this? Uh, do you have to go back in and get tested or something? Um, they say there's three criteria. What are they? Number one is no fever for, uh, I think it's 72 hours without medication. Uh, the other one is no new symptoms. Uh, and then the other one is 10 days from your original symptom, uh, the first day of your symptom, symptoms. So, so you're past the last one. Yeah, and the other all, so all I get, stuff, yeah. is it recommended that you uh, be tested to make sure that you're not shedding the virus anymore before you go to the grocery store? Uh, nobody has said go back and get another test. Even though we got stuff from the health department. <laughs> I got a call yesterday from the health department telling me that both kids apparently have been exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID. So I should be careful. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is funny because everybody you. had it. Everybody was yeah. positive already and had gone through the whole thing. They're finally calling us, telling us, hey, be careful. Um, so, uh, but anyway, um, they, so we got this packet in the mail. When can you go back and uh, go out of isolation? And nobody has said, you know, you should go get another test. They all said, if you don't have symptoms, you don't have a fever, and, you know, it's been 10 days since your first symptoms, then you're good to go. Do you, is there any party that thinks that you're now immune to getting it again or? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I was certainly, uh, I was certainly hoping for that, you know, at least, um, at least a couple months, right. Of, of good solid, like, right. not that I'm going to run around and lick people at a bar or anything, you know, nothing yeah, stupid like, like that. Right. Exactly. Like, like the good old days, but you know, at least not have to worry about like, I like, I'd like to go to see, I go, go to a movie, you know, like, geez. Yeah. And, and, and I'll still wear a mask and I'm going to be respectful of all the other stuff, but at least I feel like, gosh, it'd be nice not to have to feel like, Oh my God, what if we catch this thing? You know? Yeah. Um, and the problem is right now there's no data that supports solidly supports any kind of antibodies or immunity to this thing or anything really. I, I've read everything from like, it could be maybe partial for 90 days or it could be up to six months or it could be like really maybe nothing or, you know, and, and there's all this talk about different antibodies, those short-term antibodies versus the long-term antibodies. And you probably know a lot more about this than I do. Um, being but Jim, you know, watch out for this stuff. Watch out for it. All right. <laughs> right. Right. Be careful. Pay attention. Right. Right. 
I want to give you credit here. You got through this podcast just good. Maybe we'll have you on again. I, I know I was a little nervous. I probably rambled on a little bit. You know, my nerves get to me sometimes when I'm on these things. And uh, don't worry about it. But uh, but I'm hoping with some editing, you can get a couple minutes out of this thing. Yeah. You know, we'll see. This will probably be our last uh, coronavirus podcast of uh, 2020. We'll see if we revisit this topic 2021. Right. We'll see. I know you're working on the uh, the, the vaccine in your basement. I am on myself. Right. And I got the antibodies in my blood now. I'm just drawing blood. Yep. For myself, I'm working with that, you know, and I'm going to get some stem cells somehow pretty soon in the mail. I think Amazon's coming. I'm doing kind of a kind of a craft, kind of a small batch vaccine. It's, it's not for everybody, not everybody's okay. taste, but I think sure. it'll work for me like, at least. Like a micro vaccine. Yeah. Uh, like a micro brew kind of thing. If you work that out, I'm sure probably be on the list to get it. Yeah, well, I don't know. You're, you're like I said, you got your own thing going on there. You got the antibodies. Sure. So. That's a good point. Well, if you, if you, uh, if you have news on uh, how this uh, vaccine of yours is going to work, tell me before you tell the markets, and I'll, I'll get in on the, uh, the IPA. Right. IPA right. or IPO? IPA I, I is the beer thing. Right, right. And IPO I, is the initial public offering. I think you're right. I think, yeah, you, you know what? mixed up there with the microbrew. I know a guy, he's, he's a brewery. He's going to have a... He's going to have an IPA, IPO coming IPA, up. IPA, right, right. Yeah. Well, I, would, I would jump on that one. You don't yeah. hear those very often. <laughs> well, we'll keep it to ourselves. Sure. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for being on our show tonight. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Good night. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we talk with the managing editor of the Shepherd Express, Dave Lurson. Dave Lurson.